Welcome, everybody, to the Mets News Podcast, where we talk all things Mets and anything I feel like talking about. Today's episode will mostly focus on where I think the Mets need to improve the most. And frankly, it's the bullpen. The only way the New York Mets will go anywhere in 2020 is if they have their bullpen back. Now, do I think they have to add pieces to the bullpen? Yes, I, I do, frankly. I think it would be good for them. Do I think the Mets will add pieces to the bullpen? No, because, frankly, ownership doesn't want to spend the money. Now, you can say to me, oh, well, you know, when Steve Cohen takes over, things will be different. Well, Steve Cohen's not taking over till 2020. The Mets window, in my opinion, is closing. Now, you could say all you want that, hey, if Edwin Diaz comes back, we'll be fine. Well, okay, fine. You have your closer. But you need more pieces than a closer, in my opinion. You need an eighth inning guy, and I I think you need about two or three eighth inning guys. Because, I mean, the third eighth inning guy can work the sixth or seventh inning. Because let's be honest, the New York Mets, they've lost Zach Wheeler. They lost a third starter in Zach Wheeler. A very good third starter. I think he got overpaid, but still, that's a big loss for the Mets. So now, if you're, are you going to tell me that Michael Walker Steven, or Steven Matz, whoever gets that job, or Rick Porcello is going to work eight innings every night? Or seven innings? You're you're lying to yourself, and frankly, that's a big if, and that won't happen. If that happens, pigs will fly, because let me tell you something. Okay, Rick Porcella is the only one I could see doing that, to tell you the truth. It, it is Rick Porcella. He's the only one I could see going seven to eight innings, if he finds it, but that's another big if. So, I mean, you could say all you want that this team is built to win. But, I mean, look at our division. If we don't have a strong bullpen, and I'm not saying that the Mets should spend a ton of money on the bullpen. Let's be honest. They're not. But they're saving a ton of money by the Ioannis Cespedes restructuring of the contract. Fact. That, that, that's just a plain fact. And they're saving money by not having David Wright on the field. People could say all they want. Oh, the Mets are $20 million before hitting salary cap. Before they have to pay the luxury tax, not salary cap. My bad. But they're not really because when the insurance kicks in, and maybe Cespedes doesn't have insurance anymore. I think he's only making $13 million. Cespedes was supposed to make $27 million. $27.5 million. I hasn't played in two years, might I might add you. You still have David Wright's insurance money. This is the last year of that. And it's huge because the Mets really are $30 million under the salary cap. 
The Mets have a bullpen that's a dumpster fire. They need to add someone. If they want to compete for even the wild card, they need to add somebody. They need to add a Dylan Patances. They need to add a Will Smith. They need to just add somebody. But they're not. I mean, Dylan Patances, I think, wants to come to the Mets. I, I would not. He does want to come to the Mets. He wants $10 million for one year. So the money you're saving from Cespedes and David Wright, you're not going to use? To go out and sign Dylan Patances? What a – I mean, so this is my plan if I was Brody. If you're not going to go out and sign somebody or trade for somebody, which the Mets should not trade for anybody due to the fact the farm system is so weak, why would you want to get rid of Jeff McNeil? Why would you want to get rid of J.D. Davis? Tom Smith, I guess I'm okay with losing just due to the fact – we're not really losing anything because Pete Alonso is the better player. He might not be better defensively, but that to me, it's not that different. Pete Alonso, I thought, was a very good first baseman. I think Pete Alonso could win, a, win an MVP, not next year, maybe in a couple of years, could win the MVP and a gold glove. I think the gold glove could happen next year, actually. He's not that bad of a defender. So Dom Smith, I maybe could see you parting ways with. I wouldn't be upset about losing Dom. Um, but really, who else could you park with? I like J.D. Davis. I think Dom Smith is an awful outfielder, so before everybody starts asking, I think Dom Smith, he's not an outfielder, and there's nowhere to play him. Unless, and if the NL gets the DH next year, that's going to be Robbie Cano's position because he's not a good second baseman. He's old, and frankly, he's not a good second baseman. So, Tom Smith, if you want to get rid of him, get rid of him. J.D. Davis, I mean, I think the only reason why J.D. Davis is a bad third baseman is just due to the fact he didn't get playing time in third base. They stuck him in the outfield, and that's the big problem. I don't know what the Mets are going to do. Your center fielder, I think, is going to be Brandon Nemo, and then defensive replacements in big games will be this Jake Marisnik guy. Jake Jake Marisnik is a, a fine defender. Your left fielder is going to be Michael Conforto. No, he'll be your right. Your left fielder, excuse me, will not be Michael Conforto. He'll be your right fielder. We don't know who our left fielder is. It could be Cespedes. It could be Davis. I, I think it should be McNeil. I think McNeil is the better outfielder of the two. But you could not tell me that This team is ready to win. So what Brody Van Wagenen should do to get back to my point is he should trade Syndergaard. He should try to trade Mats. And the Mets should go into a little rebuild. Or you trade Syndergaard to get back pieces that can help you win now in other positions. And you can slide in Michael Walker and... Rick Porcella. And I know it's crazy because everyone's saying, Noah Syndergaard is good. I hope, by the way, before I get into this, I hope Noah Syndergaard goes out and competes for a Cy Young and wins it. 
I hope he wins 20 games, and I hope he's the, the good, the, the A, the Grand's the A1, Syndergaard's the AB. The two aces. I hope that happens. I don't see that happening, but I hope that happens. But you, you can't tell me that if by trading Syndergaard, even with his down couple years here, two years of control, you, you couldn't get a nice outfielder. You couldn't get a nice bullpen arm. You couldn't get something for him that's nice. You couldn't restock for the future. But if you don't want to trade Noah Syndergaard, which I get, I'm more, you could trade Steven Matz. What's holding people back? from trading Steven Matz. Steven Matz, obviously, and by the way, I, before we get into it, I hope I'm wrong about Matz, too. If they're pitching well and they're healthy, the Mets could be a playoff contender because they will probably go seven to eight innings a night. But you cannot tell me that Steven Matz, I mean, is going to be healthy. He has never, I mean, he was healthy last year, but when he was healthy, he had a 4.5 ERA. He, had, he was a losing pitcher, and he struggled, especially down the stretch in big games. So what could the Mets get back for Steven Matz? I think they can get back a real center fielder. If, if I was the Pirates, who are looking to get major league talent right now, if the Mets would offer me Steven Matz and Robert Gazelman, because I, I don't like Gazelman. I think I've stated this in many podcasts. You can check the archives out. I do not like Robert Gazelman. I think he is the overrated pitcher. He never stays healthy. And when he is healthy, he's serving home runs into the third deck off a guy like Aaron Judge. Not even Aaron Judge. Reese Hoskins. Michael Franco. But I, I think teams have like Robert Gazelman. I, do, I don't really know why teams like Robert Gazelman, but they do. But you cannot tell me if I was the Pirates and they offered me two stud, not stud, two good pitchers that you wouldn't even consider the deal. I mean, you're crazy. You really are. For Starling Marte. But... I'm not going to give away Brandon Nemo because I think that will be – I think Brandon Nemo is going to have a breakout year. I really do. The numbers showed it when he was healthy in 2018. The numbers showed it when he got healthy again in 2019. I think Brandon Nemo is going to be a stud this year. I don't know if he's going to make the all-star team, but I think he's going to have a really, really, really good season. And frankly, that's what you should want. But that's what the Mets should do. If you don't want to trade Syndergaard, you have to trade Mets. And uh, there is some breaking news. Get into it. Josh Donaldson is going to make a decision in two weeks. And in the next couple days. And the leading candidates right now reported by John Heyman, the Twins and Nationals have been very aggressive in the bidding landing for star third baseman Josh Donaldson, and I quote, the big question is whether 
The Braves will match a four-year offer. The brief intel I got from sources is they will probably not match a four-year deal just due to the fact it would put them over the salary cap. Right now, the main leader is the Twins because they are very much under the salary cap. More will be coming in the coming minutes slash hours. Reported by John Heyman. Listen, I I don't want Josh. If Josh Donaldson comes back into the NL East, folks, we're in trouble. The Mets are in a lot of trouble because he dominated pitching last year. And I would just, if he would go to the Nationals, oh, how, tell me how the Nationals got worse. I know they lost Rendon. I know he, Rendon is a stud, but he is. He's a stud. I'm not taking that away from the guy. But Josh Donaldson's just as good. So, if this is true, and the Nationals are in the bidding war, look out, because someone in the NL East is going to get even better while the Mets just sit on their morals because they don't want to spend money. I think Brody... And the Wilpons, even though the Wilpons are cheap, and Steve, when Steve Cohen's the Met, the, the, when Steve Cohen takes over, the Mets should spend money. I don't think he bought the team for $2.4 billion just to not spend the, the money. But what Brody and the Wilpons have done is they bought that 87 win, 86 win year, and they said, oh, we just need to tweak the bullpen. But they're not even tweaking the bullpen. They're just not starting pitching that. And that's just that. As a Mets fan, should get you so furious and so frustrated that they're not addressing the real problem. That that should just get you frustrated. It really should. But we'll find out in the coming days where Josh Donaldson will go. In other news from Queens, well, before we get into part two of the podcast, whether Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, is that some AL teams have checked in on Joanna Cespedes. What that means is, well, Cespedes said to former Mets manager candidate Agardo Perez of MLB Network Radio, MLB Network and ESPN, is that I feel great. I'll pull the quote up right now, actually. He said, and I quote, I feel great. I feel like I could hit 52 home runs and play 140 games. Uh, Gardo Perez says, you haven't played, and I quote, 140 games in like three seasons. But I feel great. I feel like I have something to prove. If this is my last year in Queens, I want to go out with a bang. If it was up to me, realistically, I could hit 40 home runs, but I'm shooting for 52 home runs and over 120 RBIs. I want to be an MVP. I want to prove my worth. So basically, you want to assess for this, he's going to come back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to play 142 games during the contract year. But, 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 here's the key point. You can't get overhyped if you're a Met fan. Just due to the fact that Yoannis know, Cespedes hasn't proved himself since really 2016. 
and he hasn't been healthy really since 2018. And if you're going to tell me that Ioannis Cespedes is ready to come back and be a stud, be we we need that, and he would be a game changer. But before all Mets fans get all hyped and say Cespedes is coming back, Cespedes is coming back, he's played this game before with us. He's gotten our hopes up before. If he comes in shape in spring training and hits the ball out on the park, great. Now into the final segment. Should of the part one of the podcast, should an ALT trade for him, that would be huge for us. Because whatever we owe him, whether it's thirteen million or ten million or somewhere in between, it basically means that someone We'll take that burn and we'll get some prospects back. Or potentially helping us in other areas on a major league team to get us ready. Now, we should not trade a Dom Smith in the deal just to dump him. That would be awful and that's not the right way to go. But if this is true and AL teams want to take a chance on him, let's see, he'd be a great DH. I don't think he can play the outfield, but I think he'd be a great DH. I, I really do. I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. If he's healthy, that's the main thing with Cespedes. We don't know if he's healthy. If Cespedes is healthy, then he'll be a great DH. I don't think he can play the outfield anymore. First base isn't open for him anymore. So it would probably be in his best interest and in the Mets' best interest unless to trade him. I really do. But we'll see in the coming days if Elgardo Perez's quote, report, whatever you want to call it, is correct. And I guess we'll just see on that. We're going to take a break. Part two of the podcast. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? I will get into the stats and I will give you my opinion. And when I give you the stats and give you my opinion, the good and the bad and the in-between, we, you, and you have the, and you're educated on it, you will make your decision. But most people have their decision already made on Eli Manning on whether or not he is a Hall of Famer. But basically... You can make that decision for yourself. And yeah, I'm just here to provide the facts and give you my opinion. We'll be right back to the Mets News Podcast where we talk about anything I feel like to part two of the podcast, whether Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer and whether he'll retire at the end of the season. But uh, first, a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mets News Podcast. You just heard from our beautiful sponsor, Anchor. Actually, the podcasting network. Uh, the ad said everything you need to know about it. So to finish out the podcast today, we're not going to talk Mets. We're not going to talk Yankees. We're not even going to talk baseball. I'm going to bring up a band that needs no introduction. He's like the president. Some people hate him. Some people love him. There's very far there's very few people in between. Whether I believe that Eli Manning should be a Hall of Famer. As I said on Twitter the other day, I believe Eli Manning should be a Hall of Famer. I've been debating about this with friends for a good week now. Some friends think Eli Manning sucks and is overrated. Other people think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. 
and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in New York Giants history. Frankly, in New York sports history. Some people think he would be a mediocre player if it wasn't for beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowls. Now, if you want to take a look at regular season records, he's 117 and 117. And I'm, I'm recording this not knowing whether Eli Manning will be the starter next, this coming Sunday against the Redskins. I, have, I highly doubt it. <clears throat> I uh, see, I saw all week and they've been reporting that Daniel Jones is taking first team reps. I don't know why the Giants just haven't announced he'll be the starter. But I'm assuming Eli Manning played his final game against the Dolphins last Sunday, where he was Eli Manning. He threw a couple picks, had made some big throws when he needed to, and he won the game. So Eli Manning will finish it up 500. And whether or not you like it or not, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. And if you want to go through the stats, we can go through the stats. He's sixth all-time in passing yards. He's seventh all-time in touchdowns. The only, way, the only place where you probably win the argument is the interception. He's thrown 244 interceptions. That's a big number. But to me, that means Eli Manning just wanted to make something happen. He didn't want to take the sacks. He personally just wanted to make something happen, and he took the blame for it. But the main reason, in my mind, why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer is the streak. The streak, ladies and gentlemen, that would have been broken this year. The precious streak that Ben McAdoo broke when he decided to start Geno Smith and he didn't even put Davis Webb in, the rookie. That just gets me mad. Eli Manning, this year, if you want to, you want to be honest, you just, he would have lost the streak this year. And everybody knows it. But that's a podcast for another day. Ben McAdoo is a loser. Wasn't a good head coach. And the Giants did Eli Manning wrong here. But the streak alone should prove how durable he was. He never went down with an injury. Think about this. Daniel Jones went down with an injury in his first season. Eli Manning didn't go down with an injury for 16 years. They benched Eli Manning. He played through a torn shoulder. And that was the Super Bowl run. He's played through knees, bad knees, bad legs, bad arms. And those were in years when he was in, in prime. Those were the Eli Manning years, 2007 to 2014. The prime Eli Manning years where he never missed a start, but he played through injuries. Even Tom Brady had injuries. Even his brother Peyton Manning had injuries. Now, if you want to tell me 
that he's a mediocre quarterback in the regular season, that's fine. But you cannot take that away from him, that he played through everything. He probably played through a, when there lava on the field, he probably played through. Now, another reason why Eli Manning will make the Hall of Fame, whether you like it or you don't, is the 8-0 Super Bowl runs he went on. And he beat the undefeated Patriots. He had to go to Green Bay. He had to go to San Francisco in the second one. He had to go to Green Bay again. Only had one playoff game. And he prevented history. He did. And whether you like it or not, those are the reasons. You don't have to like Eli Manning. And and don't even get me started on the 35 fourth quarter comebacks. You're kidding me. That doesn't even bring into account playoffs. So was Eli Manning a mediocre quarterback sometimes? Was he not very good? Yes. But... In the long run, in big games, Eli Manning, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, came through in the clutch. And folks, that is why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. He may not get in first ballot, but he is going to get in. He is the best Giants quarterback in franchise history. Forget the record. Numbers prove it. He's the best quarterback in New York sports history. And the New York Giants were the only one in this decade to bring home a championship. Past two decades, they were the only one. But that's really it. So, to wrap this up, we talked our Mets. We talked our our UI Manning thing. There will be no Giants preview this week. There might be an instant reaction. I I do not know yet. The week of Christmas, there will be nothing out. I will be back, I'd say, that Monday after Christmas to do a podcast. I will talk week 17, Giants. Then I'm going to take a... And then I won't do a podcast probably till the new year after we talk talk Giants. And if there's any Mets news, of course, big news, I will, of course, be back to report it and give my thoughts and opinions on it. But it doesn't look like there will be any Mets news at all. So to wrap it up, I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, or whatever holiday you celebrate. I hope you're all safe out there. I appreciate, even though it's my second week of doing a podcast, all the love I've gotten. It's greatly appreciated. In the new year, we will talk Mets. We will talk Yankees. We will even touch on a big free agent. If there are any, because there are a couple big free agents still left out there. And then when baseball starts, we will have, not every night, I think I'm going to do my week review with the Mets, where we talk about the Mets in an hour, and we talk our Mets 30 minutes of however long it takes, and we just give a week preview. I'll be every Sunday dropping. But spring training's right around the corner. 54 days till the Mets report to Port St. Lucie. And once the new year hits... After the Super Bowl, of course, we'll talk the big football games. 
I'll probably cover Eli Manning's retirement press conference. I hope he gets one at least. But we don't know yet. But that's really it. So I hope you guys enjoy. Spread the word about this podcast. We're going to get big in the new year. I guarantee it. So Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year if I don't record a podcast. This has been the Mets News Podcast. We talk all things Mets and anything I feel like talking about. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, and uh, may God bless you. We'll talk soon.